Hi everyone and welcome to East Redland Anglican for this second Sunday of Kingdom Tide or the 8th of November 2020. Today's reading from or today's gospel reading is from the Gospel of Matthew and it's from Matthew 25 verses 1 to 13 and today we're hearing about the 10 bridesmaids and really that sense of the good old scout motto of be prepared. So that's what we'll be preaching about today, uh, that sense of being prepared for when the kingdom arrives, when the bridegroom arrives uh, as the ushering in of the, the kingdom. So sit back and grab a cup of coffee or tea if that's what you want to do and sit down and enjoy our sermon and I'll see you on the other side. The Lord be with you. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew, chapter 25, beginning at verse 1. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please be seated? Our Gospel reading today could be summarised by a very famous motto um, used by an institution... Uh, well, used to be for, for young boys, called the Scouts. Be prepared, right? And it's at this point I have a confession to make. In my youth, I was a Scout. And truth be told, I wasn't a particularly good one. I didn't do a great deal of badge work, because that was for dorks. And I often did what I was told not to do. And that may surprise many of you. Generally, Despite the scouting motto, I suspect I was more often than not unprepared. That said, I was always prepared to light fires. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but then again, when you look back, you know, you never know. I was brilliant at fire by friction, making fire with sticks. Um, and I won numerous awards for that at various competitions around Queensland. And my equipment for fire by friction was always prepared. It was always ready. However, as an example of how unpreparedness can get you into strife, 
I remember one November, uh, probably at a similar sort of time frame actually to, to now, um, being on a hike, I think at that stage there was about uh, <clears throat> maybe eight of us who were looking to move up to uh, Interventurers and we were doing a hike up in the Lamington National Park to go to the Stinson Wreck. Actually, I think at that stage we were Venturers and we were doing our Venturer level hike and we were going to the Stinson Wreck. As I said, it was November, it was hot and we were hiking. And needless to say, we tried to pack light. The problem was we packed too light for the conditions that swept in on us. It was on a Saturday afternoon, we'd had a great morning's hiking, we were making great time, but just after lunch on the Saturday afternoon, thunderstorms swept in and because of the mountains, they kept circling in and around us. Then the wind got up. We were wet and we were cold, we had no dry clothes to put on and our tents, and our tents let the rain in and often, um, because the rain was just so heavy, it would just come up through the ground sheets. And being teenagers who thought themselves to be pretty tough, we were in a rainforest, in army greens, with no V-sheet and no radio. Needless to say, we were hours and hours behind time and we were starting to get hypothermia. It was so bad at one point, um, I remember at lunch on the, on the Sunday afternoon and we were hours and hours behind time at that stage of the game, I tried to, we had little hexy stoves, so little hexamine tablets to light. I tried to get a match out of a matchbox and I couldn't move my fingers past that. We were that cold. That doesn't take into account some of the group's footwear choices that let leeches in rather than kept them out. I think my, we had to carry one of my friends down from the Stinson Wreck down to Christmas Creek and if any of you have ever done that, it's like that. And he, when he got to the bottom, when he got home from the, where he discovered he'd had 74 leech bites on his feet. So he couldn't walk. Um, so am I painting a picture here of real stupid? Yeah, that's how unprepared we were. Now we can sit here and nod in agreement about just, uh, just about how silly that was and how lucky we all were. And I still get waves of panic when I think about, I mean, this is, oh, I was, I was 15, so whenever that was, 1988. Um, I still get waves of panic when I think about five of us standing on the edge of a cliff at a lookout um, on the trail somewhere, looking down a sheer drop onto clouds. And my panic is that we were standing on a slippery edge and any one of us could have done something stupid at any point in time and fake pushed someone and slipped and that's kept me awake at night and it still does. The thing is I wonder how often we think we need to be prepared when it comes to our faith and our life as God's people. And I think it's about more than the, the silly things in the day-to-day -day life that we live. Nearly every week we do lots of silly things. We've gone into the supermarket, we've left a shopping list in the kitchen, we've gone to the post office to post a parcel and left the address at home. We've intended to get a bottle of gas for the barbecue but only remembered when the second cylinders run out. 
They're all things that I've done, by the way. And most of the time, these things are easily fixed. It's a quick drive home to get the list or a telephone call that resolves the problem. And yet our Lord creates his parables from the ordinary and the everyday and then adds a depth to them, which points to our journey to the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're talking about in this season of the kingdom, the journey to the kingdom of heaven. However, unlike absent-mindedness, like at my hiking experiences, or the forgetfulness of the foolish brides does have serious consequences. Not that my hiking experiences couldn't have had serious consequences, but they didn't. And forgetfulness from day to day doesn't often have serious consequences, but the forgetfulness of the foolish bridesmaids does have serious consequences. And it's serious because the image of the ten bridesmaids is about our, serious, our seriousness to not only watch and wait for the Lord, but our desire to actively seek Him, to meet Him and to greet Him into our lives, to be ready, active and attentive for the arrival of the Lord. In the story, five were prepared for the moment, for that important moment, and five were not. Now, I suspect that much of this narrative makes little sense in our context because it fits into marriage customs of another culture and another time, although these customs still exist in some places. Now, the custom presupposes that the bridesmaids wait for the bride at her family's house for the arrival of the bridegroom. And when he arrives, they go out to meet him with blazing torches and escort the couple back to his house where the marriage feast is prepared and the guests have been waiting for the couple's festal entry. This is important for us to recognise, as many things in the ancient world work like this. That is, people going out to meet others, particularly emperors and dignitaries. It gives a picture and a perspective behind our reading from 1 Thessalonians 4, where it says... For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout of command, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are left alive will be snatched up with them on clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Now, I know this will not sit well with notions of rapture theology, but Bishop Tom Wright in unpacking Paul's mixed metaphors here indicates that what Paul is doing is using images to paint a picture. Now, this passage, the one I've just read from, from 1 Thessalonians 4, this passage has many images, but it's worth noting that one image that is conjured up is that of an emperor visiting a colony or a province. The citizens would then go out to meet him in open country and then escort him into the city but they must be ready for him so that they can go out. Paul's image of the people meeting the Lord in the air should be read with the assumption that the people will immediately then turn around and lead the Lord back to the newly remade world. This doesn't detract from the truth of the passage. We still need to be ready to go out to meet the Lord when he comes and to escort him back. Incidentally, Paul has some absolute corkers when it comes to mixed metaphors. If you have a look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 8, listen to this. The thief will come in the night so that the pregnant woman will go into labour. 
So you mustn't fall asleep or get drunk, but stay awake and put on your armour. Now, I know that the passage doesn't actually read like, like, like that, but they are the metaphors in those eight verses. My point is that when we read Paul, just like our passage today, we need to unpack the images he's evoking and what truths they speak of. Um, as an aside, then, it's worth thinking about this imagery of people going out to meet people and escorting them back when we think of the parable of the prodigal son. It really changes the perspective of that parable because wealthy men of the day didn't hitch up their garments and run out to meet people and bring them back in. That just would have been a loss of dignity and a loss of face. But back to our ten bridesmaids. The parable also seems to presuppose the late arrival of the bridegroom. Maybe he got waylaid at the Bucks party finishing off a cold one. Who knows? The point is... He was late, and five of the bridesmaids were unprepared to carry out the important task that they were given and are not there at the crucial moment the bridegroom arrives. And because of that, when they return from buying more oil, which is extraordinary given it's midnight, they're out buying oil from a vendor at midnight, the, the door is shut and they cannot enter either. While it's all a little bit comical in some respects, there is a serious picture. It's not just about nodding off to sleep at a wedding because all ten of them did. The issue here is one of preparedness and having enough oil when the time comes. Those, those who have with them the oil that is required for salvation can sleep without anxiety about being caught short by the sudden arrival of the Lord. This is tough stuff, and we need to acknowledge the reality of it. And I say that because in these Sundays of the Kingdom, the story is told again as a reminder, as a warning, a question to us, if you like. How are we living our daily lives? Is our faith and Christian living only confined to a time slot on Sunday morning? Do we actually try to live out our faith on a daily basis? Is Sunday morning the only time we actually pray? Is Sunday morning the only time we read the Scriptures? Indeed, has the Sunday Eucharist simply become just an option among many? Do we keep on closing our eyes to the needs of others? And the questions just go on and on and on. The image of the bridesmaids, then, is a picture of our daily lives of faith. And despite its discomfort, it presents a reality of being unprepared for the kingdom. And I say that because it's through our daily lives that we prepare for the gift of eternal life. For at some time, Christ the bridegroom will arrive. And at crunch time, will we be ready? And I ask that because we cannot borrow or buy our way into the kingdom as the five foolish girls tried to borrow their way into the wedding feast. If we want to put oil in the lamps of our lives, we need to take responsibility now and every day. So ask yourself, do you know the, do you know the terrain? Have you looked at the map? Is your tent suitable? 
Do you have a V-sheet and a radio? Are you prepared? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That brings our podcast to an end for this week. If there's anything more you'd like to know about the parish, you can always check us out at our website, which is www.eastredlandanglican.com.au. You'll be able to find lots of links there to our Facebook page, to our Vimeo and YouTube channels, and to our Apple Podcast channel. You'll be able to go through the website there and find out any other information you want to know about our service times or baptisms and confirmations and things like that. Um, So check us out there, um, have a look, and if there's anything you need, please don't hesitate to send us an email or give us a call. Um, And we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.